Welcome once again, Bears fans, to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, I got uh, I got a trivia question for Jim right out of the gate here. Who is the last player drafted by the Bears that generated double-digit sacks in a season? In a season. Um. That's a good question. I can give you the year. I'm, I'm going to guess Leonard Floyd, but I feel like that's probably wrong. Not Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd never generated double-digit sacks for the Bears. Is it Mark Anderson? He, Mark Anderson is correct. That's, that's pretty unbelievable. For, yeah. For a uh, lot of reasons. <laughs> I know, I know. Because Mark Anderson was 2006. Well, yeah. First of all, that's way too long to go. <laughs> way too long. Num- number two, that was like the only year when he ever got close to that number, right? I, that was the only year that he did that. And yeah. he did it as a rookie, right? As so, a rookie. That's pretty yes. pretty incredible stat. Yeah. He um. So Leonard Floyd actually did it um with the Rams, and he did it with the Bills this year. But he never did it with the Bears. Yeah, he, turned out, he, <laughs> he ended up having like a really nice career, just not really with us. <laughs> he, just, he just had a terrible career with us. That's too bad. Well, so and then uh, so there was one other um, uh, before one other player before that. Is it Alex uh, Brown? Not Alex Brown. Alex, not Alex Brown. Alex Brown never did a double digit. Uh, Tommy Harris. Nope. All right. Defensive end. Uh, Actually, outside linebacker. Oh. 1996, I think. Oh. A little before my time, then. So, Roosevelt Colvin okay. was, the, was the other one. So, they've drafted three players in the last 30 years that have gotten double-digit sacks. <laughs> That's, I guess... Well, when you put it that way... Did Erlacher ever get there? Um, I don't know whether... I don't think Erlacher ever prob- had double-digit sacks. Probably in not. I mean, sacks were never um, a big part of his game. No, he blitzed a lot, but he was bad at it. I mean, he he had he had a pretty fair amount of sacks, and cert I mean, uh, and certainly probably a fair amount of hurries. But he was so much better in coverage. Yeah. Well, that concludes this week's edition of Bears Trivia. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore Scat and. Right now, we are going through a all-time Bears thing yeah. because we have the first overall pick in the draft, and there's a clear quarterback that everybody thinks is going to be the number one overall pick, and the entire national discourse now is that he does not want to come to Chicago, which <laughs> just leave it to the Bears that, of course, they find themselves in this situation. and Started by really started by Colin Coward. Well, there's been a lot of smoke, and then... Who's Col- a jackass. Yeah, and then Colin Coward said what he said, and there's been... And well, then backed off after he said it. A little, yeah, but we don't know what's true and what's not, and right. it's p- possible that none of this is true, but where there is smoke, there's fire often, and I feel like there's been a lot of noise around this topic, and I think part of, honestly, why I feel so... Like, I, ju- I just don't feel that it's completely meritless. It's just because it makes a lot of sense to me that Caleb Williams wouldn't want to come to the Bears. <laughs> like, wh- why would he? <laughs> but, yeah, it's just not a fun conversation to have to have, especially when we're still, what, three months out from the draft. But, yeah. I don't know. I-, I think that the way I sleep at night at the moment is yeah. just by saying, Look, we're, we're still in pretty good situation here at quarterback. It's still entirely possible that Caleb Williams is drafted by the Bears and that he's great on the Bears. It's just we don't know right now, and there's a lot of noise around it, and I think this is just the time of year in the NFL where there's a lot of noise around everything. I don't really know what else there is to say until we actually hear something from Caleb Williams himself. Yeah, and I mean, um, there's a... Well, every year there it seems like there's a lot of noise specifically about the Bears and the quarterback position. That's not new news. Last year you and I enjoyed talking about the fact that there wasn't news for the first time in a millennia. But, um, you know, that's... Uh, it, whether you like Justin Fields or you don't like Justin Fields, he still 
is in that position that no one is really absolutely sure that he is the guy that can be the top-level quarterback that Chicago needs. No one is sold on that yet, and it certainly doesn't look like management is. It doesn't feel that way, and I think that Ryan Poles has done a really good job of keeping his options open. I think he has left the door open to both keep or move on from Justin Fields, and I don't think he's necessarily tipped his hand in any way and that's because of probably what we talked about a couple weeks ago which is that he probably still doesn't even know for sure which quarterback he wants to take I I bet he doesn't and I don't blame him you know what he doesn't have to know right this minute yeah of course not it would actually be a little irresponsible if you did know right that's how you end up drafting Mitch Trubisky (laughs) not even meeting with Deshaun Watson oh my god you know so there's a lot that's left to be done here, and the Caleb Williams conversation is just going to dominate the the narrative over the next few months, especially because there is this speculation that he might try to force his way to another team. Yeah, and that's what that that's one of the things that Coward kind of walked back. Is Colin Coward said, "Look, if the Bears draft him, he's gonna go," and then you get into the situation of hypothetically he sits down with Ryan Poles and says, look, I would prefer not to go to your team. Yeah. Which he absolutely could do. Like, do you still draft him anyway? Well, I, I was mentioning to you that it reminds me a lot of, of Eli Manning and um, Philip Rivers. Yeah. Because Eli Manning just came out point blank and said it in the news. He said, I'm not going. He said, I am not playing for San Diego. Right. I mean, he just said it as point blank as that. And he made clear he wanted to play for New York. And New York was picking second. So, but Phil, you know what? But it, it didn't matter. Because San Diego didn't care what he said. And San Diego still stepped to the microphone and said, with the first pick, we draft Eli Manning. And and this, and this the thing was, is when I looked at, when I remember, I remember that happening, that, that immediately put them in the driver's seat. Because they were like, we're staying at one, period. We're, we're, not, we're not trading out of it, and we're going to take the guy we want. And they took, they took Manning, and then they immediately turned around and traded him. Yeah, like the only way that I think this really blows up in the Bears' face is if Caleb Williams says, I will only play for Washington. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to happen. I, 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 I don't think that kid's that, that, that dumb. I, I really don't. Yeah, I, I just... That would that would hurt him. Why why would you why would you do that? Yeah, I don't think that he would. You'd have to be incredibly confident in your ability because yeah. if you pull a move like that, then there's kind of a target on your back from day one. Yeah. If he says to the Bears, I'm not gonna play for you, yeah. then at least they have the option to trade him to multiple teams. But until we actually hear something like that from Caleb Williams or his agent or his father or whoever is representing him, like I'm just kind of operating under the assumption that if the Bears draft him, he's going to come, and then we'll see what happens from there. And if yeah. the Bears don't draft him, then I think they're going to trade the pick to whoever gives them the best offer. Yeah, I think um, right now uh, it, it's it, it's very premature. Um I don't see any reason to suddenly rain down on this kid and say, oh, you know what, he's already doing these things. And I don't think Coward knows Jack. So, (laughs) you know, he just needs to really shut his pie hole as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, that is where we are at the moment. I think until we have something more definitive than... Besides, Coward has never had a good thing to say about the Bears, ever. (laughs) I'm not kidding, he really has. I don't really, like, I honestly had kind of forgotten that he was around I, yeah. I, I don't really pay much attention to him i don't think many people do so anyway i think that yeah until more then that's all i really have to say on this topic and like we're gonna be in this whirlwind of news and rumors and speculation for the next several months so yeah batting down the hatches and here we are so i i do have a question for you on this so if you put on your GM hat, are you drafting, are you using pick one on quarterback, uh, or are you deciding to 
uh, try and stick with Fields and build around him? Probably quarterback. Uh, are you now? Do you are, are, do you think you're drafting Caleb Williams? Probably. Yeah. And like, it's hard to answer from our shoes, right? Because we're not going to be in the meetings. We're not right. going to be talking with all the people. But let's just and we're not pro scouts. Yeah. Like, let's just say that he is. Uh, projected as a top 10 quarterback and there's no character red flags or anything like that then yeah I think I'm taking that bet yeah because I think that's better than where I'd expect Justin Fields to be so that and you know that's one of the things that I was talking about is is I even though Fields has 38 starts already I I was surprised by that number I didn't realize it was that many all at this point but he to me, he still is running short in the passing game. I don't think that's a revelation by any means. But do you see if if Poles goes the route of let's build up around Fields, do you see Fields being able to take his game to a level that makes him a top 15 or a top 10 passer? I don't think so at this point. Like, I just have seen too much inconsistency. And, like, the Bears have put together a really qualified offensive coaching staff, it seems like. They've got Waldron, who we talked about. He seems like he can at least do the job. And they also brought in Thomas Brown, who people think really highly of and has called plays before. So, Yeah, he's both – he's a McVay guy too. Yeah, and he – called plays for Carolina last year after mm-hmm. Frank Wright got fired and Bryce Young did start to play a little bit better towards the end of the year so if we go through the offseason and maybe Justin Fields just like hits it off with those two guys and they think that they can turn him into that top 10 guy then great you can stick with him and if that's what the coaching staff truly believes then yeah you can build up the roster and trade for a bunch more draft picks and you're in a really nice position there but I haven't seen anything to make me think that's going to happen. And I also find it hard to believe that these coordinators or offensive coaches that had other options are going to pass up other opportunities to come in here and coach a fourth-year quarterback that's on the last year of his deal that's never shown that he can consistently be that top guy. I think that they're coming in here to coach Caleb Williams. So I am not necessarily like guaranteeing that that's the path that the bears are going to go. But I I think that's where like kind of the writing is on the wall. And I think that's what they're going to do in a couple months is they're going to trade fields and they're going to have Caleb Williams as their quarterback. So, um, uh, yeah. So I was going to mention, uh, Biggs, um, you know, he's been asked about this a million times and he's always maintained the same uh, status, and that is he 100% believes that that the Bears are going to use the number one pick, and they are going to use it to select a quarterback, and they're probably going to use it to select Caleb Williams. Mm -hmm. If you you were going to bet money, would you bet that it's going to be Caleb Williams at one? Oh, for, well, yeah, at one, absolutely. It's yeah. just a matter of what team. Yeah. I think if, if I don't I don't know what the odds are right now, and I don't even know if you can bet that it will be the Bears. I, I just mean hypothetically. Like, yeah, I, I, I would, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that um, he's talked about several, uh, Biggs has talked about several times, is that he can't see polls passing on a quarterback in you know with a with the number one overall pick two times in a row yep. do you think that's a factor yeah i do too 100 percent. yeah i mean it it doesn't seem it doesn't seem very realistic no and last year i don't think that either of the two prospects at the top of the draft were as highly thought of as williams now we know how well stroud played yeah but if you go back to Last year, around this time, nobody was predicting C.J. Stroud to come in and be a pro bowler in his first season, right? Right. Credit to him, but I think Williams has a better pedigree than C.J. Stroud did. And uh, I think... Or young. I I mean, I think by quite a bit. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, 
Williams is a better prospect. I'm not going to say that he's... I would say that May is ranked above either of those guys. Yeah. I think that a lot of people think he's a better prospect than Caleb. Yeah. So, you got a couple of really good options there, and I think you've got the building blocks of a good offense that you can drop this quarterback into, and then you've got a new rookie quarterback on a rookie deal, and someone that can come in and learn the system fresh as opposed to Fields, who's going to be learning another system. Like, I just think that you got dealt an uh, incredible hand by getting this first overall pick again for the second year in a row, and I, I agree with you and I agree with Biggs. I just don't think that they're going to pass on taking the potential franchise quarterback again, I, especially because they didn't draft Justin Fields. Someone else did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Stroud helped the Texans go from three thirteen and one to ten and seven, division winners and a playoff game win. It's a heck of a turnaround. I had forgot. I guess I'd kind of forgotten that they were so bad to you. I mean, I knew obviously, but yeah. when you when you lay it all out, that's pretty impressive. So five being max and one being min. What? How much would you attribute Stroud being drafted there to that level of success? A lot, obviously. Um, I think they upgraded significantly at coach as well, right? I mean, we yeah. go from Lovey to, <laughs> to Lovey Smith to D'Amico Ryan and Bobby Slowick. That's a big deal. But remember, Lovey needs a statue. Yeah, I hope he gets one, but. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's the quarterback that <clears throat> drives that turnaround. And when you talk about the best quarterbacks, they elevate their receivers around them. And I think you saw that in Houston when you talk about some of these no-name guys that were putting up huge numbers for the Texans this year, whether that's Tank Dell or Dalton Schultz or Noah Brown. Like, all decent prospects, like yeah. mid-round guys, but... Nobody was talking about the Texan skill position group going into the season as being anything to really get excited about. And then all of a sudden, here's all these players just taking that next step and really propelling that Texans offense to something that a lot of people didn't think they were going to be. So I, I think, of course, it starts with the quarterback. Also, uh, you know, I didn't watch a, a lot of Texans football, but I did watch some of it. Uh, Stroud really seemed to have not just very good command of uh, the offense, but he did seem to be really the leader, um, even though you know he's the young guy coming in. He seemed to have a real, a real grasp on being, okay, I, you know, I, I understand. I'm the guy. I've got to, I've got to make it happen. Yeah, I was really impressed. I mean, he went on the road and won a playoff game. Or no, sorry, they won at home. Yeah, they won at home. But, yeah, I mean, he definitely looks the part. And Bryce Young really struggled. I think that's in no small part because of how terrible his team was. I mean, it was a really terrible team. But, yeah, Stroud for sure. I mean, really from day one just looked like he had been there for a couple years, right? If you had sat down and just watched a game having no prior knowledge, then you would not have guessed that's a rookie quarterback. Yeah, so um, like I said, one being minimum, five being max. I I was thinking four. Yeah. So on the opposite end, Bryce Young, how much would you say, I mean, there was was some pretty nasty things written about him um, towards the end of the season. And like you said, he did start to show a little bit towards there at the end. But, I mean, just overall about what a terrible pick he was. I, I feel like that's really premature. Yeah, I think that the NFL fan, like NFL fans have just developed some unrealistic expectations. Yeah. Because for years... The conventional knowledge was if you draft a quarterback, you're going to sit him for a while, and then even if he plays in his first year, he's going to be terrible. Yeah. And then you had this run of rookies that kind of lit it up, whether you're talking about, like, Russell Wilson was the first big one, or Justin Herbert more recently. Like, there were a bunch of guys that just kind of stepped right in and looked the part right away. Yep. And... It might just be that we're going back to a world where that just doesn't happen every time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because defenses have caught up to the new rules a little bit. And 
I, I do feel that defense around the league this year was just a little bit better in general, but... I do, too. I mean, think about some of the all-time great quarterbacks that had horrible rookie years. Yeah. Like Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning is the number one. Favre, awful, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm not saying that Bryce Young is going to be those guys, but I think writing him off after one year, especially when you consider that situation he was in in Carolina, is pretty foolish. Actually, Favre didn't hardly play. Yeah, and he was still bad when he got in, right? Yeah, like, yeah he, just, he was, I mean, he, he was just pretty, he much pretty much sat his whole first year at Atlanta, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's before right. he before he came to Green Bay, um, but the uh, I mean, I feel like a big part of it is, you know, uh, most NFL players say, "Well, the league is what have you done for me lately?" And that's not going to change. That's just the way the NFL is, and there's always a guy waiting there to take your spot. But I feel like the NFL has put more pressure on first-round rookies now, and is saying, um, better not come in thinking that you're just going to get a, you know, you're going to get a pass because you're a rookie and you're going to get to sit around for a year and learn things. There's a good chance that we're going to throw you right in from week one. Yeah, and I think that's what you should do in most yeah. cases. Unless you're drafting a quarterback that is like coming from a system that just doesn't resemble NFL offenses, then like maybe... You take some time, but I think you'd get better by playing. And shoot, everybody thought that Anthony Richardson was going to have to sit for a year. And the Colts came out in training camp and said, no, this is our starter. Yeah. Now he got hurt. He only played a few games. But I think that you're right, that teams are just more likely to say, hey, this is our guy from day one, and we're not screwing around with Andy Dalton. Or, <laughs> you know, so... And, and I think that's generally the way it should be, right? It, except for... In, it certainly should cases. have been when the Bears when the Bears drafted Fields. Well, and then people look at things in hindsight and say, well, this guy was good because he sat for a year. Like, people always say that about Patrick Mahomes. It's like, well, he sat for a year and he's good, but that doesn't mean he's good because he sat for a year. Yeah. He, he might have been great that first year. We have no idea. We so. have no, he, he, There was an actual qualified starter... In the in behind center that year, that's why he didn't start. Or people do the opposite, and they'll say, "Well, the Texans ruined David Carr's career because they played him right away, and he got sacked, and then he was bad." It's like, or maybe he was just bad. Like, yeah, we, we don't we don't know. We people it it sounds like it should be true that it's a good thing to have your quarterback sit for a year. Like that sounds like it makes logical sense, but like there's nothing that anybody's ever going to be able to do to prove that that's why any quarterback succeeded or failed. I mean, there's plenty of quarterbacks that played right away that had great careers, and there's plenty of quarterbacks that sat for a while and were terrible. It's just we nobody knows the answer to this stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, and you know, it came up a little bit more this year, too, because of Jordan Love. And it's like, that's all well and good what happened with Jordan Love. You know, even though he's with the Packers, and I hope they get swallowed up by a giant hole in their earth, I, I, I'm just, I, I, I'm still... You know, more power to the kid. You know, hey, it, 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 there's very few quarterbacks that are going to be able to withstand the pressure that that kid had to start under, right? Yeah. You're you're coming after two Hall of Fame players. That's that is some serious pressure. Not to mention that when he had played, he hadn't looked very good at all, and he didn't start the season that great. He other, didn't start other, the season that great. Well, in the game against the other, <laughs> other than Week One. Uh, like, you know. Think about like what people were saying about Jordan Love and even October, and this is just how short people's attention spans are, but through like the first half of the season, a lot of people were thinking, man, the Packers, they, they don't have their guy. Yeah. And then Love, to his credit, played great in the second half, and we'll see if he can sustain that going into next year. But And next year, to me, the sophomore year is actually harder because the NFL defenses have had a chance to adjust to you. Yeah. So... That's why if we go back to Caleb Williams, like I've been telling people that if the Bears draft Caleb Williams, there's a chance that they have the best quarterback in the division next year. It's possible. It's not a good chance, but it's not zero. I mean, he could be better than Goff. He could be better than whoever the Vikings are going to start, and we all assume it's going to be Kirk Cousins, but it might not be. Right. And Jordan Love's had a really good half a season, but like you said, we don't we're not necessarily ready to call him Aaron Rodgers yet. So, no. And if Caleb Williams comes in and is great right away, he could easily be the best quarterback in the division. Now, 
that's probably like the five percent outcome. Sure. More than likely, he's probably gonna be middle of the middle road. of the pack. Yeah. Or you know, he's gonna struggle at first because a lot of rookie quarterbacks struggle at first. But it's not like the opportunity isn't there with the kind of prospect that Williams is, and that's another reason why I think that they're gonna draft him. Yeah, I mean, uh, and and well, you know, we don't want to. Forget about the uh, roster around him being a factor because uh, that's one of the things is uh, Green Bay's receiver core, wow, they balled out this year. Um, they're all super young. Uh, right now, Green Bay is looking like they might have the youngest, deepest, best front-to-back receiving core in the NFL, possibly. How about that? I know. That makes me want to <laughs> get ill. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, so... Let's say that um, let's for a minute let's let, let's say that we keep Fields and uh, so then you have uh, Love in Green Bay, you have Goff in Detroit, you have Cousins. Cousins comes and comes back and plays for Minnesota. Where how would you rank those? Uh, Cousins has to be one. Yeah. I think probably love two, Goff three, Fields four. Assuming Cousins is healthy. Right. I, yeah. I mean, Cousins had a great year last year when he. Yeah, was he out was there. destroying it. It's it's funny. I was looking at his numbers. His numbers through eight games were good enough that he ended up in the bottom, uh, like in the bottom third uh, of rankings, which, I mean, against against players that had seventeen games. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty good when you when you consider he only played eight games. Yeah, that's why again, I hate to keep coming back to Matt Eberflus, but you clearly have the fourth best head coach in the division. Yeah. And I think if you're running it back with Fields, you probably at least start the year with the fourth best quarterback in the division. Yeah. That's not a recipe for success. No. <laughs> um so I Moving to the next, the next part. Um, what I wanted to ask you about is, let's put aside pick one and any trades. Let's just look at pick nine for a second. Just pick nine by itself. It's not traded down. Pick nine. It's just pick nine. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, what position would you like as with your with the GM hat on? What position would you try and prioritize there? Now. I, I, I get that we want to select the best player, depending. But I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't be looking for a safety at pick nine. No, I think that if one of the left tackles is there, then that's what I would like. Yeah. But I don't think that that's what they're gonna do. I have a feeling that they're gonna target pass rusher there. Okay. Because I think that they like Braxton Jones and. It doesn't mean I like Braxton Jones, but I think they do, and I think that they're going to go pass rusher. I would prefer a left tackle, especially if it's one of those top prospects still on the board. I, I, I'm right there with you. Now, um, I, I think that um, I think they're going to stick more to the offensive side of the ball uh, with both of those picks. Uh, I, I do think that if they don't um, go left tackle there, uh, that they're going to take one of those receivers. Now... It remains to be seen as to um, there is a new a new mock draft came out today already um, from Matt Miller from ESPN. Uh, he has the Bears taking um, Caleb Williams, of course, at number one, and then I think he has. Uh, let me look this up. I think he has uh, the Bears taking. Um, Leatu. Oh yeah, uh, the pass rusher from UCLA. UCLA there, uh, who I was reading a bit about him because I don't really know a lot about him, and uh, awesome size, six foot five, two sixty five, uh, but has short arms, um, almost four inches shorter than Montez Sweat. Hmm. Um, and they're saying that's why this guy isn't going to be a top five pick. Uh, he's still going to be probably a top 10 ish pick, uh, simply because premium, uh, rushers are, are just hard to get. Right. Has, hasn't he been injured a bunch too? 
Yes, and he's that's the other that's the other thing is that he's had uh, injury issues, and so people are you know kind of holding off on that part of it too. Um, oh wait, I'm sorry. No, this uh, Matt Miller's um, dra uh, draft board has the Bears taken Fashionu, okay, the tackle. So now that's assuming that Fashionu makes it to nine. I don't think he will. I think he's going to be more like Paris Jackson. I think he's going to be the first, the first tackle off the board. It's going to be really interesting to see how it all falls out because there's so many quarterbacks that could rise up the draft board, and then there's a couple of receivers that I think could rise up as well past where people think that they're going to go. So, I mean, depending on just what teams are picking and – who's available like it's possible the tackles just fall down the board this year even though there's a couple really good prospects like, yeah like i said a couple weeks ago it's very possible that you see like five or six quarterbacks go like right away now so I, besides besides um uh besides those uh, this is actually a great lead-in because i wanted to ask you about this so like you said you're you were saying that you know you could see Maybe seven quarterbacks going in the first round. It, 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 they're, they're saying there's a distinct chance that it could set the new record yeah. for quarterbacks in the, in the first round. If, if he does not take a quarterback at one and decides to roll with Fields, where do you think that we should still use a fairly high pick on a quarterback? Not in the first round. What about in the, the you know first three rounds? Uh, Maybe use a second round pick. I feel like I feel like if you're sticking with Fields, then that should be your guy. Yeah, I I, I don't have a problem with taking a developmental backup, but I wouldn't be excited about taking one in the second round, really. Yeah, because if they take a quarterback in the second round, then the second Justin Fields starts to struggle, then fans are going to want that second-round pick to be QB1. And it's not unheard of that you've got guys taken in the third, fourth, fifth rounds that start as rookies. Now, varying degrees of success, usually not very good. Yeah. But it does happen. So, to me, if you're sticking with Justin Fields, then there should be a reasonable expectation that he's the quarterback that you're building around for the next several years because yeah. you're never going to have an opportunity like this again. Like More than likely, you're not going to have a top 10 pick next year. You're not going to have one the year after if the team is good. Like Putting aside... If the team is where it should be. Yeah, put it, like putting aside potential trades because that's just kind of throwing darts. If the Bears trade for another team's pick who knows where that's going to end up so i don't think you're going to have another opportunity like this to address the quarterback situation so if you're sticking with fields then any quarterback that you draft to me should be developmental and honestly i think that they need to go out and spend real money to get a, a qualified backup quarterback because in any case yeah we know that the backup quarterback always is going to play a game or two yeah and you can't be relying on Bajent. Like, you need to go out and get somebody real and not PJ Walker either. Like, <laughs> so, somebody that actually you can throw out there and, and feel pretty good about that to me needs to be a big priority this offseason because we saw how bad it looked when, when Fields went out. And I think that that, um, even more so this year than previous years, uh, just because there were so many, you know, third-string quarterbacks playing through 2023, I think those backup quarterbacks you're going to see getting premium contracts. Well, and that also just is a factor in the quarterbacks, the the quarter, the run-on quarterbacks that's going to happen over the next three months because there's so many teams that are desperate to fill that spot. Yeah. And there's enough guys that look like they at least have potential to be good NFL starters that, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if there's like five quarterbacks off the board before the Bears even pick at nine, which would be great for the Bears because then that's just, that just pushes another the other good player down. down. Right. Yeah, so believe me, 
when we get through combine season and leading up to the draft, like there's going to be more and more buzz around a lot of these prospects that they're going to be picked in the top of the draft. How about um, Josh Dobbs or Jake Brownie? Honestly, like Josh Dobbs is a backup. I'd be fine with that. I think I'd be okay with that. That's someone that can get you out of a game. Yeah. I don't want him starting for an extended period of time, but... (laughs) If you have to throw him out there for a game, that's somebody that can at least run a representative offense. And, like, you're not going to ever have a backup quarterback that you feel great about because that guy would then be a starter. But you need something better than what we've had. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. That's fine. Yeah. Joe Flacco. That'd be good. Okay. How about... Easton Stick? No. <laughs> That's what you don't want. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a great, great name. How about Sam Darnold? Uh, no. Yeah, that's getting, that's getting pretty hairy. Blaine Gabbert? No. No. <laughs> yeah, so it just gets worse from there. Blaine Gabbert is still in the league. I, how that is possible is, uh, it, it makes no sense whatsoever. But uh, anyway, um, okay, so... We're going to need to have Chris on leading up to the draft to give us uh, oh, yeah. a late-round quarterback selection that we can be excited about. Oh, yeah, he's, he's actually... He mentioned to me uh, this week that uh, he's, he's starting his, his prep list. He wants to come on and do a prep show, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have the big draft roundtable in, in, in April. We're gonna, so we're gonna need that's it. something to look forward to. Uh, so... Um, so I was looking at the receivers here, and um, while of course most of the focus is on uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, how 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 surprised would you be if uh, if the Bears if the Bears pass on quarterback and 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 go with uh, Marvin Harrison Jr.? Yeah, that's gonna be it, it's gonna be a pretty tight rope to walk if you're gonna do that yeah. because if you don't take if you don't use the first overall pick on a quarterback and you trade it, you can only trade down a couple spots if you really want Harrison. Yeah. Like, I think he's going to go in the top five still. He'll be the first non-quarterback off the board, I would almost guarantee. So if they trade down to two or three and take Harrison, like, that's really the only way it works because I don't really think he's going to get past the Cardinals at four. Everybody's saying that the Cardinals are going to take him. So, I mean, I would... Be excited about it because pairing him with DJ Moore would be pretty electric. Yeah. Um, I understand all the drawbacks to using a top five pick on a receiver, and it's probably not the best value, but he's pretty special. So yeah. I, I would be excited to watch it because he is an incredible prospect. So I was looking at the uh, the other two big names, Malik Neighbors and Roma Dunsey. And uh, Malik Neighbors, 89 catches. 1,569 yards, 14 touchdowns. Um, Roma Dunsey actually had the most receiving yards of any player, 1,640. Wow. The, either one of those guys seems like, and he's six foot three, 215 pounds. So he's going to be able, he, he's going to be playing, like, I think, a lot like Terrell Owens. Uh, so, uh, you know. I think that if they were able to get either of those guys, um, you know that that would be that would still be a, a a a pretty good consolation prize. Yeah, we'll see. I still want receiver addressed in free agency. Okay. Like I just don't need somebody learning on the job at wide receiver two. And if they want to sign a veteran and also draft one of these guys, then I am totally okay with that. Yeah. But. I don't want a rookie as my second wide receiver this year. I There's just been too many times over the last 10 years with the Bears where you have somebody that you think can step up or you think can maybe exceed their expectations a little bit, and then they just flop. Like, go out and get somebody that you know can do the job, and then if you want to draft another receiver to just – increase the amount of talent that you have in that room then i'm all for it but i don't want it to be dj Moore and then 
a bunch of rookies or question marks at receiver again next year. We've seen enough of that. So here's some of the guys that are going to be there. Um, Pittman. I mean, I'd love Michael Pittman, but most likely he's going to get. I think he's going back to the Colts. Yeah. I mean, they're probably going to franchise him. Um, Gabriel Davis from the, from the Bills. He might get franchised. Calvin Ridley could be available. Yeah, that would be... That, that's the name. Because, He's 29. Yeah, he, he just turned 29. And he didn't have as great of a year last year as a lot of people thought. 76 receptions for 1,255 yards. Uh, 13 touchdowns. That's actually a lot better than I... Uh, I, I, th- I th- that's what I said. And uh, and his, his average was... Um, Oh, wait a second. No, I'm sorry. Well, he's extremely talented. I mean, former first-round pick. and we know Ten, he, had, he only had 1,016 yards and eight touchdowns. That's still really good. Yeah, that's still pretty good. Um, what do you think about Mike Evans? I would love it. I don't know if he's going to leave Tampa just because he's been there his whole career and he's kind of a hero down there. And I don't think the Buccaneers are going into the – rebuild that they looked to be because just Baker has played better and I think that they're going to have higher expectations so wouldn't surprise me if he stayed there but if Tampa Bay does let him leave then I'm all for giving him a deal and look until he stops putting up a thousand yards every year then I would be willing to bet on his track record just because he's been the model of consistency I mean he's been in the league what eight years now and he's put up a thousand yards. I think that was actually. I think this might have been his ninth year. And he's put up a thousand yards in each one of them. So that's pretty incredible. He he had an unbelievable season this year. Um, you know, it it was uh, it was. I mean, not only did he do great in yards and touchdowns, but he averaged fifteen point nine yards per catch. Yeah, which is insane. And he's thirty, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's still got a couple years left. I mean. That, to me, would be perfect because that's just a reliable veteran that still... That he's kind of old, though. Still does have star potential, though. I mean, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be 31 in the middle of next season. Yeah, it doesn't scare me too much. I think he could be productive for a couple more years, and then I don't want to give him an eight-year contract. <laughs> but most NFL deals are two to three years. I still have faith that he'll be productive over that span if he, if he wants to keep playing. What do you think about Darnell Mooney? I don't think he's coming back. Yeah, do you think he's uh, he's going to go ahead and just try his luck at it on another team? Yeah, and I don't even really know what the market's going to be for him. So 31 catches, 414 yards. Yeah, he really did not have the season that I thought he would. I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he's back on like a one-year deal for like very little money, just because I don't really think any team is going to be throwing big big dollars his way but I don't know there was a lot of like weird stuff with him last year too he made a lot of strange comments in the media and he criticized the coaching staff I think at least once so to me I I don't expect him back I just kind of think that maybe a change of scenery is is what's going to happen there all right which is a bummer because if you think about it I mean I we we all really liked his story and we thought that he was going to be a contributor for a while, but I, I don't think that he's coming back after last year. I just maybe think that it's time for an upgrade. I was looking at positions, and these are some of the positions that I came up with as, as the priorities. Uh, defensive end, obviously. Left tackle, if they decide to do left tackle. Nobody knows for sure what the coaching staff and Poles' feelings are on Braxton Jones. Braxton Jones, the way uh, the way I saw it, his his numbers weren't terrible. Yeah, I think he's uh, for I think the he's, second half of the season. I think he's pretty decent. Yeah, um, uh, you know, uh, so wide receiver, center, defensive end, free safety, uh, tight end, running back, cornerback. Yeah. Um, I actually listed wide receiver twice. <laughs> I would say that they need to bring in at least two, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's what I mean. What do you think about Scott so far? Can't count on him. I mean, I, I was surprised at how 
truly awful his numbers were. Yeah, he had a really bad year, and a couple of really high high leverage mistakes. I mean, you think about the pass in Detroit where he just stopped running his route. Yeah. Would have won him that game. He had a couple bad drops towards the end. So, look, I'm willing to give him a mulligan. He's a fourth-round pick. But I don't think you can count on him as one of your top three. I think that's more somebody that you're still looking at as a project. And if he contributes, great. But you've got to have a better plan than that going into next year. He was 21st in receptions and 22nd in yards among the rookies. Hmm. (laughs) That's not... I was like, wow. Yeah, that's not great. And, gosh, I mean, the amount of draft capital that's already been wasted by this regime on bad wide receivers. Yeah. When you talk about Claypool, Bayless, and potentially Scott, like, that's that's tough to swallow when all over the league you see third, fourth, fifth round guys just lighten it up on other teams. Yeah. And you just look at what the Bears have gotten for their draft picks. It's just a big pile of nothing so far. Yeah, as, as, as good as the defensive back picks have been, the wide receiver picks have been awful. Yeah, and that's another... You listed cornerback, and I think that's a position that people aren't really thinking about because of Jalen Johnson. But, I mean, we don't don't know for sure that he's going to be back. Right. I think he probably will be. I think he's probably going to get franchise tagged, and then maybe they'll negotiate an extension off of that. But that's no guarantee. So if that situation develops differently than what we've been thinking, then there's definitely a chance that that – position flies way up the list of priorities because if he's not back then that group looks a whole lot worse yeah absolutely uh and i was getting to that so that's perfect that you brought that up because um i I was going to ask you if you thought that uh, he was going to get franchised i'm I'm thinking that same thing um and and biggs uh, had a comment on it today uh about he thinks that as well that i mean he, Jalen Johnson came out and point blank said, I, I, I deserve to be the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. Um, and I, I was shocked because usually players are a little bit more vague than that. <laughs> no, he's, but, he's, uh, he, he does not hold back. But he was not vague about it at all. And, uh, you know, so I was thinking, that is probably going to be have to be the way they go. Yeah, I think so. And we'll see if he plays on the franchise tag or we'll see if he holds out. Or I think most likely they'll give him the tag and then they'll say, look, let's sit down, fresh Hammer start, this thing out. let's get this done. Because I don't think teams like the franchise tag. I don't think players like the franchise tag. It's usually kind of a method of last resort. Yeah. And... I I have a feeling they're going to get something done there. I sure hope they do. I really like Jalen Johnson. I think he's a great player. I think he's a great leader. I, I just am a huge fan. So I would, I, I'm hoping that the Bears do good by him because I think that he has been a really solid contributor. And uh, more than that, honestly. I mean, last year he was playing at an all-pro level. So. Yeah. I sure, certainly hope they find a way to get that done and that it doesn't linger into camp. But, look, we, Poles, to me, has not received great marks in this area. Like, we've seen him get into high-profile negotiations through the media with players before. I mean, we saw it with Roquan Smith where they had all off-season to get that done and right. they didn't, and then it turned ugly, and then they ended up trading him. So... Poles has had, I think, some questionable decisions when it comes to negotiating with players. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how this one goes. But I have a feeling that it's going to be what we just said, franchise tag. And then I think they'll probably get a deal done after that. And then he never actually plays a snap while only under the franchise tag. I, I, hope, I hope so as well. Um, I know one thing. Uh, Poles will certainly not end up in a pace kind of situation where it's like we got to let him go and get nothing out of it. Right. 
Um, if uh, the uh, another uh, another player I wanted to bring up out of the defensive backfield is Eddie Jackson. Um, it, Eddie Jackson's uh, thirteen million on the books this year. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna get that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I don't I don't expect him back unless he agrees to a restructured contract for much less. I don't see them paying that much money for a safety that just isn't as productive anymore. I still think Eddie Jackson's a nice player. I think that he's developed into a good veteran, but I think that he's probably a little bit overpaid for what he gives you. So I don't know what kind of market there's going to be for him. I don't necessarily think that he's going to get a massive contract from another team. So it's possible that they find a way to bring him back because I know he's really well liked in the locker room. Yeah. But I don't know. He's also kind of been a lightning rod for criticism amongst the fans. I think there'd be a lot of fans that are happy if he's gone. So I don't know. I mean, I, I tend to try to block all that out and I think Eddie Jackson's a nice player, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's wearing another, another Jersey next year. Well, and the other thing is, is that he, he, he does seem like, um, he's, he's struggled a bit with injuries the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. So he's still not a good tackler. He's still definitely not his strength. He's never been a good tackler, and that's why I think a lot of fans gravitate towards criticizing him. I I feel like though his effort this year was much better than I think it's been twenty two noticeably better under under Eberflus. Yeah, Yeah. like the last couple years for sure. I think I think he's been a different player. Yeah. So um, we've uh, they've they've gone and gathered up. the coaching spots, I, I guess they're all filled. Um, the last one uh, to get filled was uh, the guy that they brought in from... The defensive coordinator? Um, I no, can't. they brought in uh, the new wide receiver coach oh, sure. from, from San Diego. Um, but yeah, I was going to ask you about the new defensive coordinator, what you were thinking there. What's his name again? <laughs> uh, that's one of the things I'm going to have to look up because I, I don't remember his K- name. Kerry Washington? Yes, yes, that's right. He, he He's a uh, former defensive tackle coach, and he has been on the Bears before. Yeah, I mean, seems probably fine. I think that... At both coordinator spots, yeah. it, it seems like they've upgraded. I think so. Like, it seems like they've got competent, qualified coordinators on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. So Eric Washington, yes. Eric Washington. Yes. <laughs> well, shows you how much I've thought about him. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. seems like he's got a decent resume. I am happy that they hired a real defensive coordinator and not somebody that's just going to be there holding a clipboard while Matt Eberflus calls plays, so... I think, you know, that's really all I've got on that one. Yeah, um, I, I was reading, and one of the things that um, really sticks out for him is the is his defensive lines generating sacks. Uh, he's had uh, defensive lines that, with um, Washington and in Buffalo, that both that led the league. Um, the the defensive line led the league in their sacks generated, not not necessarily team sacks. Was he the Bills DC last year? Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, the the Bills last year finished fourth in points allowed and fourth in the league in sacks, fifty four. With so, with like a lot of injuries too. Yeah, the Bears finished. I think 20, I think 30th in sacks this, this last year. And you know, that it would have been by far, it would have been 32 or 31 if it wasn't for the sweat trade. Um, and, uh, sixth in gross passing yards, sixth in touchdowns allowed, eighth in total yards tied for 10th in total, uh, in tackles for loss. Um, so, Top five, mostly. Uh, top ten, all. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good hire. I think that it seems like a reasonable replacement-level defensive coordinator, and I think that there's going to be a lot of talent on this defense to work with. I am expecting this defense to be a top ten defense next year, and 
I don't think that's too much to ask when you consider the talent, and I think they're going to add another pass rusher in the draft. I think they're going to sign another pass rusher. I think you're going to have some development from some of the rookies last year. I think this defense should be pretty plug-and-play. I think that it's going to be a, a strong unit. So I'm happy they brought in somebody that seems qualified to coordinate it. So would you say that um, uh, with the draft that you want to see more on offense as, as far as draft picks go? Yeah, I think so. I I think that's really what they have to focus most of the picks on. I think the defense should already be pretty good. Yeah. And I think, like I said, they're going to add in free agency. I think that the defense, assuming they bring back Jalen Johnson, I think the defense is in pretty good shape already. Like, obviously, I know you're always looking to add depth, and they will do that. But, yeah, I think it makes perfect sense to improve the offense as much as you can. I think the defense is already going to be pretty good. How much of a priority do you see center as? <laughs> I was going to ask you about this <laughs> because there's a player that I've had my eye on and that's this center from Oregon, Jackson Powers Johnson. Yeah. I've heard a lot of analysts say that he could actually be like a mid first round pick. Yeah. Which is pretty rare for a center. Yeah. If the bears say maybe traded down a little bit and took a center in the first round, how would you feel about that? I'd feel just fine. Yeah. Same. Um, I, I'm, I'm tired of messing around with it. Um, I think, I feel like the last good center we had was, uh, Garza, was Roberto Garza. And that, the only reason that I feel like he made a decent center for a couple of years was because he played next to Kurtz almost his entire career in Chicago. Um, they need, they, they have to... Quit messing around with that spot. It's too important on the offensive line to have a good player there. And one thing that we saw far too much of this year was poor snaps to Justin Fields. I mean, that just, at this, at this level, guys, at the pro level, we need, that should not be ever happening. It, it just, it, it should be like, it should happen as often as a pro kicker misses an extra point, right? Yeah, I mean the the snap. I mean they had three guys this year that couldn't snap. <laughs> That's just insane. So, yeah, I would have no issue with it. It's maybe a little bit of an overdraft, but if it locks down that spot, then like you said, it's it's enough with yeah. this. It's enough of trying to piece it together. It's enough of having a revolving door at that position because. Yeah, when the snap doesn't come out right, then the whole play is kind of shot. Yeah. So it gives it well, it gives the defense the advantage. Yeah, the quarterback has to look down yeah. and take his eyes off the defense. So, yeah, I would have absolutely no issue if that's what they decide to do because it's been a position of need for far too long and I'm ready for a center that we can just assume is going to be there and be good for 7 8 years. Like yeah. it's it's that's that's uh, to say it's a necessity is an understatement. Yeah, um, and the, that center that you brought up from Oregon, um, yeah, he is being pretty highly touted, and I guess he had an excellent um, uh, Shrine Bowl or Senior Bowl. One uh, of those two. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, whichever one he yeah. went to, uh, I guess he did uh, very well there. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just that they need to draft they they need to use the draft resources to make sure like you said that they get a guy who's worth investing in that's all i want to see i really thought that ronis grassu was going to be a decent player i, I really did He's still in the league um is, is he still in the nfl um, amazingly yeah. um but uh you know i i was actually really excited about that pick i felt like they got um the next guy that they were going to fit in even though I think he ended up being like a, was he a fourth rounder? Yeah, third or fourth. Yeah, so, but, um, you know, he wasn't. And, you know, actually, you and I both kind of liked, um, uh, well, the guy from Illinois. Yeah. Um, and he obviously must not be good enough either. Yeah. Uh, because it doesn't seem like he's really been even elevated past uh, the, the practice squad for any, give even any extended amount of time at least. No, so... I think center last year was one of the biggest failures just of the team overall. Yeah. Like, the plan was clearly not good enough. So, if they want to overcompensate this year and take it, 
this kid from Oregon in the first round or if they want to throw a bunch of money at a free agent that you can trust, by all means, because they've been scraping by there for far too long. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's all we have for uh, this week. Um, we'll be out next week. Uh, actually, we'll, we'll play that by ear. Um, we need to... We're going to be looking at free agency pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, but um, right now, you know, everything's kind of in limbo. Yeah, enjoy the Super Bowl. Do you have any predictions? Uh, you know, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Yep, they're playing well. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I mean, I, I certainly think that the Niners, if their offense is firing on all cylinders, it's really good. I mean... Just because the weapons on it are so good, but Patrick Ma- Patrick Mahomes is the best. He is the best behind center. Period. I I, I just and I and, and I think that this year's playoffs. I I watched almost all the playoff games all the way through, and I only saw one playoff game this year that I felt like the rushing part of the offense help them win and that was that was the second round um baltimore and houston yeah and baltimore was able to impose their rushing will against that team but otherwise i felt like the better passer won every playoff game and mahomes when it comes to that part he's He's the best. Yeah, I'll take Mahomes over Brock Purdy. I think the Chiefs have the better defense of the two as well. I think the Chiefs have the better coach. I think the Chiefs are going to win. I, yeah, I they. Um, you know, it, it, San Francisco's got a really good team, and um, you know, you and I have talked about Purdy a few times. I think he's. I think he's a a, a good quarterback. I, I don't think he's a great quarterback though. No. I think he's. Uh, I think he's a good quarterback in a really, really good spot. He's gonna have to play a perfect game. Yeah. Like think about what Jalen Hurts did last year, and that still wasn't enough. Yeah. I I think the Chiefs repeat, and I think Mahomes gets another ring. And he gets probably another MVP. And Matt Nagy gets another ring too. Oh my God. <laughs> well, you know on that, on that thought. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so enjoy the game. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll catch you guys uh, next time. Bear down. Yep, bear down.